All right, joining me now here on the Full Court Press from the Idaho Press. He's also uh, editor at the Blue, uh, Blue Turf Sports. He's a beat writer for the Boise State Broncos. Does an incredible, incredible job. If you need a recap or at least a preview on the Boise State Broncos, make sure you snag him on Twitter, at BJ Reigns. That's who joins me here on the Full Court Press. BJ, thanks for your time, my man. No problem, man. Appreciate the intro. How's it going? It's great here. Well, you know, and it's exciting here because, once again, what do you know? Boise State, Utah State, another showdown for at least a shot at the Mountain West Conference Championship game. But it's kind of interesting this year for Boise State with all the injuries they've been dealing with. Now they're to a third-string quarterback who, by the way, won Mountain West Conference Player of the Week last week. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, Jalen Henderson, quite a story. Started at uh, college in Texas and then went to a junior college. And and, uh, basically, Boise State was just desperate for a backup, like a second or third stringer. They just needed some depth because they had some guys transfer a couple years ago. And, he was looking for a spot, and he came. I don't think anybody actually thought he'd play much or have a role. He was just going to be a guy to help fill, you know, practice and fill a spot. And due to some injuries this year, he's worked his way up the depth chart and, and uh, you know, got the surprise start last week against, you know, on senior night against New Mexico and played pretty well. A pass for 292 yards and three touchdowns. Did have an interception and also got hit and lost a ball and a fumble. Um, so did have two turnovers, but overall the offense didn't really seem to take a step back and he managed things. And, um, yeah, it was quite the story. If you told Boise state fans, you know, before the season that Jalen Henderson was going to be starting a, a key November game for you and win Mountain West player of the week, I think everybody would have thought you were crazy, but, uh, that's what happened so far. And, and he did pretty good and we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, if he plays again or not this week, what is the word on that? Have you heard anything of his, if he's going to start or if they've got one of their guys back, what's, what's the word? Yeah, I mean, they're dealing with the same thing that uh, you guys in Logan are dealing with. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, secrecy and coaches not wanting to say much and trying to take advantage <laughs> trying to take advantage of the uh, gamesmanship and the advantage that they have. And if you're Boise State, why not? I mean, make uh, Utah State prepare for as many as three different quarterbacks. So um, I would guess that he probably starts again um, just based on the last couple weeks in practice and, and what we've heard and guys missing. Hank Bachmeyer's missed, you know, three of the last four games. Uh, Chase Cord, we don't really even know what's going on with him. He kind of mysteriously just didn't play last week after finishing the last game. So um, I don't know if that was a one-week thing or what. So I, I would guess that Chase Cord would be the one more likely to come back. Uh, I think Bach Myers might be a longer-term injury, uh, but they've been very quiet about that. Um, but with how Henderson played, I don't think they're you know all that worried if they have to start Henderson again against Utah State. I, I got to ask you, how much did it benefit, and with all due respect to New Mexico, but it's a dumpster fire over there, how much did it help that your third-string court, uh, quarterback got a chance to start against New Mexico? Oh, that was a big deal. That, that was certainly a big factor. Let him get a game under his belt, let him run the offense, let the coaching staff see what he does well in game situations. They can kind of tailor the game plan towards him for this week and in terms of nerves and comfort level and things like that having a game under his belt I think is going to be uh, huge for him and I mean Boise State the last three weeks has started three different quarterbacks and they've all won games so (laughs) I know BYU I guess did it also oddly enough the last three games but I can't imagine there's too many other schools in the country um, that have started three different quarterbacks in three straight games and they've all won and so they just find a way to plug him in and, and keep it moving. And I'm sure he, you know, the confidence helped him a ton going into this game because obviously, as you mentioned, there's a lot on the line and a lot of uh, high stakes for this one. And, and uh, I think that uh, you know having that game under his belt is probably going to help him relax a little bit. You know, Boise State has been here, done that numerous years. This is, I mean, this is a routine, almost a traditional thing for them, led by Brian Harson. What what is it about Boise State 
that they continue to be in this position year after year after year? Well, I think it starts with recruiting. They obviously recruit uh, very good players, and they uh, you know, have a very good home field advantage. They don't lose very much at home. This was the, They went undefeated at home in the regular season for like, the fourth time in the six years under Arson. Um, so they don't you know, lose at home pretty much, and then they're able to take advantage of things on the road. And their schedule this year, I think everybody knew it last year. Last year, Utah State, you know, had a little bit of an easier in-conference schedule. Um, you know, they had, you know, Boise State had to play Fresno and San Diego State last year. Utah State did not. And I think people are looking at this year how the schedule is going to flip. And it certainly helped Boise State that they played, you know, they're playing uh, UNLV and, and San Jose and Hawaii this year as opposed to, to having to play, uh, you know, San Diego State, Fresno State, and, and uh, Nevada. So the flip schedule helped this year. Um, and the other side was not very strong. But um, overall, they just have a culture and they have a, a, a you know, very strong facilities. It's easy to recruit to. They have a national brand in terms of the, the blue turf and what they've done and winning the festivals and things. So they can get in some, some doors or some recruits and maybe some other schools in the Mountain West can't. And, you know, they have an advantage. They have a, they have a big advantage over the other schools in the Mountain West when it just comes to what they can uh, offer in, in terms of uh, national TV exposure and facilities and, and uh, you know, games like that. So I think it's just a lot of things that come together, and it's just a tradition that they have kept going, and, and um, you know, it's, it's worked out pretty well for them the last several years. Coach Anderson in his Monday presser was extremely high praise on the uh, front defensive line for Boise State. What can you tell us about these guys? Well, they're dealing with an injury to Curtis Weaver. It's unsure if he's going to play on Saturday. He left the, the last game against Wyoming. He's number two in the nation in sacks right now at 12-and-a-half. He's likely going to be a first-round NFL draft pick uh, if he comes out this year. So Curtis Weaver, number 99, is one of the best defensive players in, in college football, and he's kind of a hybrid outside linebacker defensive end. They call it their stud position, uh, but he's basically a pass rusher. And so, uh, you know, that, that it kind of starts there, and his status for Saturday is, is unknown, and up in the air he left, was seen in, after the game or in the second half wearing a boot on his foot, so there's some speculation it's an ankle sprain or a high ankle sprain, uh, but nothing really to report there, and, you know, again, Boise State is keeping that under wraps, and so we'll see if Weaver is able to play on Saturday, but if he's not, that's a huge loss, but they've got three other senior starters along the defensive line, uh, Chase Atata, uh, a defensive end, and then two interior guys, David Moa and Sonatane Louie, uh, the first play of the game against New Mexico, uh, Chase Atata uh, knocked the ball out, and, and 300-pound Sonatani Louie picked it up and rumbled 24, 24 yards into the end zone for a touchdown uh, nine seconds into the game. And so the defensive line is very veteran. Like I said, a lot of seniors, a lot of guys that have been to been to wars and played in a lot of tough, hostile environments and crowds and just know what they're doing. And, um, you know, they've got a sixth-year guy in David that's been around for a long time, and uh, you know, Sonatani Louie is they went on an LDS mission. So those are like those guys are like 24 and 25 years old, the two oldest players on the team. So they uh, they just have a pretty good. They've always kind of had a good defensive line, and they like to rotate guys in. But they've really relied on the the, fr- the first starting four this year a lot, and those guys have uh, played really well, and they've needed them too. What stands out to you about Henderson? Uh, Coach talked about his his mobility. And, and his ability to throw on the run. What else stands out to you about uh, Henderson and what he can do at the quarterback position if he does play Saturday night? Yeah, he's definitely a mobile quarterback, definitely a guy that doesn't just stand back there in the pocket. He's not afraid to step up and take off and run and uh, do things with his legs. The very first play of the game, you know, they had, you know, they kind of script the plays ahead of time. 
Well, New Mexico punted the ball down to like the three-yard line, but they had their first play of the game, which was supposed to be a play action, and he was supposed to roll out to the right. Well, they ran the play anyway, but here he is on his first play rolling out like into the back of the end zone. <laughs> um, but he was able to complete a pass for, I think, 14 yards. And, um, you know, he did a good job of, he, you know, he's a smart kid. He gets the ball to the playmakers. You know, Khalil Shakir and John Hightower, uh, two of the better playmakers in the Mountain West, he got the ball to them a lot and let them do their thing. A lot of short passes that turned into big games and things like that. So, um, you know, get the ball to number two and number 16 is probably not a bad idea. And he did that. And again, got to cut down on the turnovers, had the interception, had the uh, fumble that he lost. But overall, you know, he, he knows the offense. He's been in the system for two years. Um, and he just seemed like a veteran guy that wasn't spooked by anything out there. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that the atmosphere and the stakes and all that on Saturday, I, I don't think will phase on what we've seen from him so far. Again, B.J. Reigns of the Idaho Press, and he's also editor for uh, Blue Turf Sports, uh, joins us here on the Full Court Press. Uh, B.J., uh, when I look at the Mountain West, it's about as tough as I remember. Uh, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, with maybe eight teams that will become bowl eligible by the end of the season with seven bowl tie-ins. What have you seen out of the Mountain West this year compared to other years that you've been able to study them? Yeah, I mean, it's maybe not as top-heavy or as uh – you know, star heavy as like the American this year with Cincinnati and Memphis and SMU and Navy and like teams that are actually in the top 25. But in terms of like quality teams that can beat you on any given day, uh, there's not a lot of easy off nights in the, in the Mountain West. I mean, uh, you know, a team like Hawaii this year all of a sudden is going to be in the championship game with a win on Saturday. And that used to be a fairly, you know, easy game when you played Hawaii. And San Jose State is no longer a gimme game. They, they, they only, you know, they, they played Boise State pretty tough and were winning going into the fourth quarter uh, against Boise State. So uh, even some of the bottom teams are coming up to the pack. And as you guys know, there's just not a lot of easy you know, road venues. They're tough trips for teams to get to. Uh, it's tough venues to play at. It's altitude. Um, it's just there's not a lot of places where you, where you can go. So a road game in the Mountain West is always tough no matter who you are. And then uh, you know the quality of coaches in this league. There's, there's pretty good coaches in this league, too. When you look at Tedford and and, uh, you know, Rocky Long and, and some of the other guys, you know, Craig Bull and, and uh, Troy Calhoun. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good coaches in this league. And so I, I think that, uh, that that plays a part of it, too. And so I, I just think it's, you know, maybe doesn't get the national recognition that it should. You look at all the non-conference games they won. You have UNLV beating a Vanderbilt, Wyoming beating a Missouri. I mean, you go down the line. They had a lot of – the Mountain West did very well in the non-conference, and it doesn't seem like that's translating over – to getting much love from the committee and, and people talking about it. Everyone just wants to uh, have a love fest with the American, and that's fine. But overall, those that are in the Mountain West know how hard it is. Those that follow the Mountain West know how hard it is. It's certainly no easy nights in the league, and I think there's a lot of quality teams. And be very curious to see what happens if you do get eight bowl-eligible teams, because last year you had Wyoming go 6-6 six and six and not get picked for a bowl. You would assume they're going to get a bowl this year. They wouldn't leave them out twice. And so you wonder uh, if they can find enough spots for all the other teams. With if if Utah State beats Boise State, there's this whole tiebreaker thing that comes into place at the end of the season, assuming that Air Force beats Wyoming at home. Can you, for our listeners, because I can't do it even as hard as I try, explain how this tiebreaker would work? It doesn't favor Utah State in any way, but how does it work with if with Air Force, Boise State, and Utah State, assuming uh, Utah State and Air Force take care of business? Yeah, I'll make I'll make it I'll make it simple by skipping. You can just skip the first four steps. There's going to be about four steps in the tiebreaker uh, games against conference, you know, common conference opponents, and uh, games again. There's just all these com, but they're they're all tied. If they all finish 
at seven and one, and the one win, you know, and, and that means Utah State wins on Saturday, and they're all seven and one, and Air Force takes care of business the last two games. You can skip all the other tiebreakers, and it would eventually go down to the uh, CFP rankings mm. or computer rankings. None of the three teams would probably be ranked in the CFP. I guess there's an outside shot that a, a ten and two Air Force could sneak in, but I wouldn't expect that. So you're going to go down to the computer rankings at that point uh, to determine the top two teams. So basically, they're going to rank the in the computer rankings, there's like four or five computers that get averaged together. I would not think uh, Utah State would fare very well in that just because they have four losses at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and again, I know some of them were just some very tough teams, but uh, it doesn't look like the computers love Utah State. So uh, I, I, if, if things play out like that, you would assume that Utah State would, would, would be the third-place team there and drop out. And then once you get to two teams, you would go to head-to-head. And it would be Boise State and Air Force, and Boise State beat Air Force. So Boise State would, would still be in a position to win uh, and host the championship game. But I, I, you know, you never know with the computers. You never know how it's going to play out. But it would go down to CFP rankings if no teams in the top 25. Then it would go down to computer rankings, and they get they take the three team tiebreaker and get it to two. So the last place, the third place team in the tiebreaker would be eliminated, the lowest computer ranking team, and then look at the top two, and they would go head to head, and whoever won that uh, would be the division champ. As you already mentioned, Hawaii could end up uh, being in the conference championship game if they take care of business versus San Diego State late late Saturday night. Is there anything you want to see changed in regards of the way the conference championship is played when you look at the Mountain Division and how loaded it is, and on the other side it's a three-loss team most likely is going to make it in. Is there anything you want to see changed, or do you like the way it is right now? Well, they had that a couple years ago. They're, they're, they've had that a couple times where Boise State was – you know, in the top 20 and, and uh, lost a tiebreaker to Wyoming, I think, uh, for the championship mm-hmm. game, uh, you know, in a weird way. And, and Boise State was clearly better than a team on the other side. So um, you're seeing some of the teams, I think the American Conference is getting rid of divisions starting next year uh, or the year after. And so you're getting some of these teams that are getting rid of divisions and just taking the top two teams uh, from the conference. And that's certainly an option you could look at. Uh, get away with divisions, just just figure out a scheduling rotation that would be similar to what it is now, but you just don't actually rank the teams in a division. You just rank them 1 through 12, and then uh, the top two at the end of the year would, would play, and then the higher-seeded team would host. I mean, it's fairly simple. So um, you could do it that way, but but in terms of uh, you know playing for something and the division title and all that and just the way it, they, the way it works scheduling-wise, the Mountain West hasn't wanted to do that, but it seems pretty simple if the goal is to have the best two teams in there um, that would certainly be a way to do it. And, and so I, I know there's television and money and all kinds of stuff that comes into play with the scheduling that makes that more difficult that we don't have time to get into. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 I'm okay with it like it is now. I mean, I don't have a huge issue with it. You, you have the five teams on your side. It's kind of like in baseball when you do divisions. A lot of, you know, you have some divisions in baseball or hockey or basketball where it's way, where it's just not fair. There's three really good teams that year, but only one can win the division. And so it's just how it works in sports. It goes back and forth. You know, San Diego State and Fresno both had really good teams, uh, you know, in the last couple of years, and only one of them could win and make it to the championship game. So the way you could do it is get rid of divisions and just have the top two teams play. But it doesn't sound like the Mountain West is crazy about going to that anytime soon. Give me a key that Boise State needs to do to win on Saturday night at Maverick Stadium in Logan. Uh, they got to get some turnovers. I mean, uh, Boise State's defense uh, just hasn't found a way to get as many turnovers this year. They've only got five interceptions on the season, which ranks like 101st in the country. Um, you know, they, they, 
have a negative turnover margin going into this game, and, and Utah State has a negative turnover margin too. I think minus one for Utah State, I think minus three for Boise State. So both these teams are prone to giving up the football, and I think 15 interceptions or something like that for Jordan Love. So, um, you know, certainly there, this is an opportunity where Boise State has a chance to get some turnovers, and they've got to do it because, uh, you know, defensively, They've just got to find a way to slow down Utah State's offense and, and find a way to uh, you know get win the field position battle. In games that Boise State has really struggled this year, they've lost the field position battle um, with turnovers, with you know stalled drives or, or bad punt returns that lead to the, you know the other team starting at midfield. So um, when, when teams have to drive you know 70, 80, 90 yards on Boise State defense, they don't usually you know score very often. It's the short fields at BYU. Two their only loss, you know, two of the touchdowns came when. Uh, there were interceptions that led to BYU starting at like you know inside the 40 yard line. So um, you know the same thing in the Wyoming game a couple weeks ago. They went to overtime. They they score all three of their Wyoming scoring drives were less than 50 yards. So they've got to find a way to uh, you know win the field position battle, create some takeaways for their offense, and, and then they can't turn the ball over themselves. They've got to uh, you know be smart with the ball offensively and limit the turnovers. And you know that game in 2015 down in Logan where Boise State had a record eight turnovers. Um, you know, I think seven in the first half or something crazy like that. They they just had too many too many turnovers and things snowballed on them in Logan, and that obviously is something that can't happen again on Saturday. BJ Reigns of the Idaho Press, and he's also editor of the Blue Turf Sports. He's also an AP Top Twenty Five Hoops voter, which brings a lot of intrigue to Utah State Aggie fans. Can we talk some hoops for just a moment? Yeah, let's do it. I, I'm actually higher on the Aggies than some of the other AP voters. I have them ranked. Uh, I want to say 14th or 13th this week. Oh, you're making a lot of friends here in Cash Valley. Hey, first thing first, uh, Leon Rice was not happy about Boise State's loss, 69-60 to UC Irvine. Uh, they now get BYU tonight. What do you see out of this Boise State basketball team that needs to be improved as they face a very good Cougar squad? Yeah, they, they've had a brutal schedule to start with. You know, last year they went 1-9 and nine in games decided by three points or less. They had 10, to- 10 times they led at halftime and then blew the lead. They just lost a lot of close games last year, and, and, and what they probably should have done was play some easier games to start with, get some wins, get some confidence, but Leon kind of loaded up the schedule. They played at Oregon, who was ranked 14th. That didn't go very well. They played a UC Irvine team last week who went to the second round of the NCAA tournament and was like 31-6 and six last year. Uh, they, they really struggled in that game, and now they have to play a third straight game against a potential NCAA tournament team in BYU, and so uh, yeah, that, you know, this is a game they really, really, really need to win tonight, uh, just to avoid falling to 1-3 and three and just to get a, a decent win, but I, I think they're better than the record. They've just played some really tough teams to start with. Um, the, the issue is just uh, you know, they've had a, they have a couple guys injured. They were expecting to have a guy uh, you know, Emmanuel Acott, a transfer from Arizona that uh, did not get eligible, and it's funny because uh, another Arizona transfer went to BYU and did get eligible, and now they're playing him, and he gets to play tonight. But uh, Emmanuel Acott for Boise State was had his waiver denied and has to sit out for the year, and he's a top 25 recruit a couple years ago, and they were expecting him to have a big role, so that's hurt. Um, but uh, you know they have a potential you know first or second round draft pick in Derek Alston. Uh, they've got some talent on the roster. They've just got to uh, find a way to start translating that into wins. As you said, you're pretty high on the Aggies right now, more so than a few other AP voters out there. Aggies 5-0 right now. They go into the meat portion of their schedule with LSU North Texas and St. Mary's next Friday. What have you seen so far from them that's impressed you the most? Oh, I mean, there's just a lot to like. You saw what they did last year and how they followed that up, and it's been uh, it's been pretty impressive so far. I'm a huge fan of Sam Merrill. And- uh, you know, I, I had him, I, I want to say, like last year, like third-team All-American or something. I think I gave him uh, some love at the end of last year as well. I just think that, uh, you know, the way, you know, w- w- when is Kata coming back? Has that been announced or decided? Uh, coach is keeping that under wraps. He's playing it close to the vest. 
Yeah, because we I, we talked to him at uh, Mountain West Media Days down in Las Vegas, and he he you know indicated that it could be a little while, and so you know that's the one thing is they need to obviously get him back. But if they're you know able to win games and do what they're doing without him so far, that's pretty impressive. I mean, that's a guy that could be a a draft pick at some point here that they've got to get back and healthy. So that that'll you know if it comes out that he's out for an extended period of time, it, it'll obviously change my feelings and others a little bit on them, but uh, just, just the ball movement and what they're getting from some of the, the secondary guys. I, I uh, can't remember his name, but I just saw a stat. The one guy's averaging a double-double. Uh, uh, Justin Bean. You know, the, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, the guys like that, just averaging double-doubles and stepping up and doing what they're doing. It's just they're getting a lot of contributions from up and down the roster. And, you know, Boise State, frankly, should have beat them last year in Boise. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a, a three-point play on, on a questionable foul call, I guess we'll say, and then the game went to overtime. And that's really stung for Boise State because then they did not go to, to Logan last year. So I know they're looking for a chance to, to play them again this year. And, and uh, I know that both the games have been circled on the schedule as key games. But I think Utah State is clearly the top team in the Mountain West and one of the top teams you know, in the West Coast and in the country. And I think it's going to be very interesting to kind of watch how their season unfolds. What do you see now of the Mountain West Conference in regards to men's basketball? Who stands out to you besides Utah State? Well, I mean, I, you know, I think that there's certainly some teams that have done some things. I know New Mexico lost last night at UTEP. Uh, that was not a, you know, a great game for them to, to lose. But, um, you know, there, there's, you know, Fresno State is, is trying to do some things. And San Diego State went to BYU um, and got a win. And so, you know, they're, they're doing some things. Um, I, you know, I, I just think the bottom of the league needs to get, needs to get better. I mean, you know, we saw what uh, San Jose State did getting a, a big win to start the season. But good, get teams like them and UNLV and some of the bo- bottom feeders the last couple of years, really, you know, Colorado State's of the world, need to raise their level a little bit uh, to help the RPI and the Ken Palm rankings and all that for some of these top teams. You know, Utah State's, uh, I don't know, do they only play San Jose once this year probably? I believe so, yep. Uh, yeah, I mean they, the league. The league tries to do that to help to help the top teams out, but uh, some of these bottom feeders just have to improve and have to get better to help the overall quality of the league. That's BJ Reigns of the Idaho Press. He's also editor for Blue Turf Sports. BJ, great, great, great stuff from you. Cannot tell you thank you enough. Uh, in, uh, enjoy the rest of the day, and we'll see you on Saturday night. Looking forward to making the drive, and looking forward to it. Hopefully, it should be a good game. And appreciate you guys having me on. Happy to do it anytime. Absolutely.